the local bar podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking at it right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, wherever you get your good and your bad podcast. All the Amazon's stuff. Uh, you can ask your uh, smart speaker to play the latest episode, however you want to get us. Uh, it's the best thing you can do. I- I've tested that, by the way, as well. If you were listening to a show... Um, you can tell it which show, which number, or the name of the person, and it'll go to it. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, it'll go to it. Uh, if you want to follow us on socials, you can. Uh, the best way to do that is Local Bar Media over on Facebook. But, of course, the best way to reach the show, chad at localbarmedia.com. I want to say thanks to all of you that have emailed in lately. We've gotten a lot of responses to the past uh, few shows we've done, um, especially the one last week. I think we picked up a lot of new followers. Thanks to our guys over on the BoatCast podcast. Uh, I, I know that they sent uh, that show to their following, and I, I always appreciate when people do that. Um, uh, for those of you that have not been a part of this show for a very long time, uh, the show has been around since 2015. We interview people with positive and interesting stories to share. Sometimes it's just somebody from around the corner. Uh, sometimes it's somebody that's pretty well known. It all just depends. The past few, though, the, I've gotten more uh, uh, interest in uh, emails over the past few weeks. And I, I, I think it's just because of the personalities we've had on the show. Today we have another great one, Trey Judy. He is, well, let me put it this way. Have you ever tried to throw a party for tens of thousands of people every year? And been successful doing it every year? Well, Trey has. <laughs> and he has uh, is an incredible thing that's coming up here on March 16th. If you're in anywhere in the southeast, you know about it. If not, it's something that you should uh, find out about. But uh, Trey talks a lot uh, about what, it, what goes into putting on uh, one of the largest events uh, in the southeast every year. It's our St. Patrick's Day Festival we have here in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, if you haven't heard of it and you think, oh, Chad, it can't be that big, uh, you need to check it out. Plus, uh, you need to find a way to get here. The lineup for this festival this year is amazing. And for the price of getting in, uh, man, it's it, like there's there's tons of there's tons of concerts that are popping up now that are multiple band concerts. Let me let me just give you a little insight into why you're seeing this. If you looked on Facebook or Instagram and you're a music lover, you you're probably aware of this. This is something that's gone on for a few years now, but it's it's happening more and more. You're seeing all these performers, big performers. I'm not talking small bands, huge names going around to all these festivals. Um, I've been to a couple of them. There's uh, the Shaky Knees Festival in Atlanta. It's a great one. I think I saw a good one, uh, Ocean City. Man, it, it, I think it's called the Ocean City or By the Ocean. It's in Maryland. It's in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, it is happening in September. Oh, my God. The Sunday of that festival is calling my name. I haven't brought it up to my wife yet. Maria, if you're listening, just don't don't look at the ticket prices yet. But if you've seen that, what's happening is you get all these bands together. 
and they're doing these shows. And it costs an arm and leg to go, but where else are you going to go see that many bands that you probably absolutely love and maybe a couple you've never heard of? Uh, if you tried to go and see all those bands all around the country, you couldn't. And so that's the way they justify it. It's the way those of us that are mu- music lovers justify that to ourselves, at least the ticket price. The reason why that's happening is because of streaming. Over the past, uh, I don't know, you know, since Napster fell apart, we've been looking for a way to get music out there. And what's great about streaming music and with YouTube and all the facets that are there, it's amazing because it allows for people, independent folks, to find a way to get their music out there for other people to listen to. That's awesome. What's bad is it's made it, where it's almost impossible to make money off that. If you haven't followed Snoop Dogg's argument against Spotify, it is amazing and if there's anyone that's going to save artists, it's going to be Snoop Dogg on this. His argument is extremely well put out there. Uh, But for right now, you have a song that streams 50 million times on Spotify. You make about 50 cents for it. It's it's just it's it's just the price we're paying right now for having this great access. So what what you're seeing is more bands going out there and performing in these large uh, groups because it attracts tons of people. They get new listeners, they get new fans. Their fans get a chance to see them. Cost an arm and a leg to go. Go look. If 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 anything, if 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 you get anything from this podcast, I want to say it from the top. You go look at the lineup for the St. Patrick's Day in Columbia, stpatscolumbia.com. You go look at that lineup. It is $35 to get in and see every one of those. And I promise you, you'll be closer to the stage than anywhere else you go and get a general admission ticket. Because you have to pay platinum or VIP in order to get anywhere close to the stage at those events. It's still a great time. Man, we had one of the best times at Shaky Knees last year. It's a great lineup. It was a lot of fun. But you check out that lineup at St. Patrick's Day, Columbia, stpatscolumbia.com. You, if you are a music lover, there is no way you can miss this event. No way. So I get a chance to talk to Trey Judy here in a few minutes about what what goes into uh, putting on a festival like this. Uh, we we kind of go over a couple of funny things that have happened throughout the years. Great to be able to sit and talk with him. I know Trey personally. Um, our kids have gone to school together uh, for the past few years. My oh, man, it's amazing how, how time flies. Uh, but Trey and I have never actually really sat and, and talked about this. We we exist in some of the same circles due to music and some other things that I dabble in. But uh, it is a, it's really good to be able to sit down, uh, get some of the insight from him on what goes into it, and uh, bring that to you here in a second. Um, really enjoyed my my conversation with him. I talked, uh, if you uh, are a fan of the show, you've been around for a while, uh, our, one of our, our favorite people, Mr. Hank Thorpe, and I had a conversation uh, a couple months back, and he shot me a text the other day, I gotta throw this out there, I asked Hank uh, about getting married, Hank is, uh, Hank is a, a very accomplished podcaster, he's been around for a long time, he is dabbling in a couple of other things right now, he's got a great massage therapy uh, gig going. Uh, but uh, Hank's always great to talk to, and we, we always have a blast of a conversation. Hank, uh, I asked Hank what's the difference, because he got married a, a couple years back. I asked him what's the difference between uh, pre-married Hank and post-married Hank, and uh, he gave me a cool answer on the show, but he texted me the other day and said, Chad, uh, apparently 
the uh, the biggest difference uh, between pre-married Hank and post-married Hank is 18 pounds. <laughs> I feel you, brother. No, I, I understand. I've been married twice. If that's the case, it looks like I've been married five times. Um, it's uh, it's always great to have him on the show. Really love the guests we've had on so far. Uh, Boatcast Chris, Chris Road uh, from the Boatcast podcast was on last week. If you missed it, it's a great interview, and, and they do an amazing job with music over there. One other note before we continue, I have to apologize one last time about the sound. If you hear me now, the dulcet tones ringing through your car. Yes, everything in studio is now working perfect. We've got all the parts for the interview so that everything sounds crisp and clear. But when I did this interview, we didn't have all the parts in. We now do, but bear with me through one more interview. And it's only like the first three minutes. My my voice and my mic was all messed up. So apologies. We are crystal clear uh, moving forward. Already tested it out. You're actually hearing it right now. Very very happy with it so bear with us thank you for those of us those of you that support us uh through any sponsors that we have or uh over on our patreon page someone did point out to me that i need to update that because it doesn't look like us over there patreon.com is where you can support the show um and we do appreciate that um i was thinking about something the other day uh i grew up in a very small neighborhood in a very small town in a very small state uh, the area that i lived in until i was about 10 years old was called traveler's rest it's a beautiful area of south carolina it's north of greenville by about 20 minutes it is uh nestled beautifully in the blue ridge mountains it is the gateway to the blue ridge mountains there's some interesting uh, history about that area, which is why it's called Traveler's Rest. It's it's it's, it's a amazing little town. When I grew up there, we lived in a neighborhood called Hampshire Hills, right on Paris Mountain, which is one of the first mountains you get to uh, in South Carolina when you're traveling up uh, from the lower part of the state. Paris Mountain, uh, Hampshire Hills is a cool neighborhood. I, I still don't know how some trendy developer has not found it and redone it. All the houses were built in the 70s. It's like a, the neighborhood, if you can think of it, was like a backwards E. There was one long road going up, three short roads off to the side. And when I say one long road, there were, <laughs> if I'm guessing, there were 17 houses on that road. <laughs> and then each of the other streets probably held like 20 houses down them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, just understand the neighborhood shaped like a backwards E. That's about how many houses were in the entire neighborhood. Maybe 80 total. That's probably pushing a little high. Everyone in Traveler's Rest kind of knew each other. Um, for those of you that are Columbia folks, you may not know this. Your own Reggie Sullivan. I saw him the other day. Uh, it's from TR. There's, a, there's, there's quite a few cool people from that area. And it was really neat. My dad was the preacher at a church, which is right downtown, Traveler's Rest United Methodist Church. That church was uh, like the community center. It's everybody was either was there every day of the week. It wasn't just for a church on Sunday. People were holding some meeting or doing some event or having some basketball game or or whatever. There, there was something going on at Traveler's Rest United Methodist Church. It, it sits right in the heart of it. And if you go up that way to walk the Swamp Rabbit Trail, where all the cool breweries start. There were no breweries there when I was growing up. Uh, where you park is Travelers Rescue United Methodist Church. It's great, great place. But the neighborhood was uh, was amazing because it was a small, basically subdivision that 
was the, like the, you pulled right into Paris Mountain, went into that subdivision, and that was it. So the the mountain was our oyster, man. Like we were running around that mountain, playing all the games you play as kids. Rivers coming down, you know, like you remember. You remember back if you're a Generation Xer when you were growing up, they always had like commercials for toys, whether it was GI Joe or some Tonka truck or something, and all the outside, like you would see the thing, but all the sceneries where these guys were playing was amazing. It was like jungle scenes and forest scenes and all this kind of stuff. And then you get those toys and you bring them home and you're playing with them on like carpet. And there's, you don't have that. Um, we did. That was what our backyards looked like. It was, it was really cool. It was a great way to grow up as, as a kid. And it seemed like everybody had kids basically the same age. I mean, it was kind of, I remember with the Buchanan's, uh, like David, so Kevin was my age, uh, my, my friend that lived next door, and then he had a brother that was like two years older and a sister sister that was two years older than that. And it seemed like everybody had kids in that age range. And then my sister was two years behind me. It's like the those eight years, people had kids matched up perfectly throughout the neighborhood. It was crazy. It was it was a really cool time in that neighborhood. We would uh, have parties constantly. I don't really remember exactly what the schedule was like, but one street would be blocked off and everyone would be meeting at some houses or one house on that street. They'd have the garage pulled up. People had brought in all kinds of stuff they'd been smoking and cooking on the grills. Uh, there'd be those ice cream churns we always had, kids going crazy on skateboards and bikes and roller skates and the little ones playing in the yard and in the backyard. And, and people would just commune like that. And it was, I don't know if it was, during the summer it was once a month. In the in the winter, I don't know, we got lots of snow up there, so we were all meeting to go sledding at the, at the best streets to sled on. We always knew which ones those were and which parts of those uh, were great to, to, to do. And... Um, and that community just seemed to exist like that. It was very open. Everybody was hanging out. Most people went to our church, but not all of them. Some people went to the Baptist church in town. And, you know, it just <clears throat> different different creeds. We did have people from different races. I mean, it was a it was a pretty diverse for a little small town South Carolina neighborhood. It was neat to grow up that way. Um, people that had pools had a lot of friends over. <laughs> Uh, all of us had these bells too. I'll never forget this with these huge bells. Like you'd have to pull a chain to ring them and everybody had them because when it was time to come home, your, your, your mom would go out there and pull the chain and ring that bell. This, this sounds really weird, but we'd all be playing on the mountain somewhere and we all knew the tone of our parents' bells it was crazy how our ears got used to that like we'd hear something like no 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 that's john, that's john demattis that's not that's not ours speaking of which if john demattis is out there i've seen that he lives in columbia that's somebody i'd love to reconnect with i, I haven't seen that cat in decades when we'd have those parties though um everybody would be there except for i'm gonna throw out a a, a guesstimate um, I'd say about five houses, about five houses wouldn't be there. Everybody would come, but these five houses wouldn't. And it, it's, it's not what you think. It's not, well, they're just old people that just didn't want to get out. No, the old, old folks were the first ones there. It wasn't that it, it, these people all had kids, their kids 
most of them didn't go to school with us. I'm not, I'm not sure where they went to school. They didn't ever associate with us. If we were all playing games outside, that might they might look at us from the door, but they would never come over and talk to us. And I remember with at least three of them, anytime I had any interaction with them and I asked them if they wanted to do something, it would they would scoff at us. And uh, they had a, just a very derogatory way of, of communicating with us. I, it's just weird. And I remember it was one of the first lessons I had in like, man, I didn't do anything to this person. How the hell are you talking to me like that? Um, I may have had an incident or two where I said something to that effect and a dad came out. And one of them, I remember looking at the dad saying, yeah, like, what the heck's wrong with your kid? <laughs> uh, it, that, that, that one didn't end well. Um, it was just weird, though, because um, I never understood why those people wouldn't want to have something to do with us. Why why they why they wouldn't. And I always wondered what would happen with their kids. And it's um it's um, it, it's amazing what you get to learn because of social media these days. Cause when I was growing up, I remember my teenage years and even my college years. I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And now through social media, I I know. More on that in a few minutes, uh, but first, my interview with a guy that works really hard to make something amazing happen every year, and he's done a great job with it. Mr. Trey Judy is on the show with us. I'm going to bring you that interview right now, and I'll talk to you on the other side of the break. It's a girl in Texas waiting for me. Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea and I. I saw her once on my TV And I know this sounds crazy But I believe in destiny Something about a girl in tight, dirty jeans A cowboy hat and a tattoo of James Dean She's such a rebel when she dances She's like a, a sex machine And she drives all the boys crazy yeah, she drives all the boys crazy. There's a girl in Texas waiting for me. Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea, and I, I saw her once on my TV. And I know this. Every single week, I try to bring in some pretty good interviews. Um, sometimes it's people I know, sometimes it's people I don't know. This is actually kind of a, a, a cool interview because it's with somebody I know. And it's a part of his life, it's a major part of his life that we, we actually never talk about. Uh, with me on the line today is Trey Judy. Trey is in charge of some really cool things here in the Columbia area, especially music-related. But he's got a big one that's just on the horizon. Trey, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, real quick, uh, your little girl is not playing soccer with my daughter, is she? No, no, she's they, doing they, track this, this, okay. this, this part of the year. So I, 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 wanted, I want to go ahead and go on record in saying that uh, our girls played on the middle school basketball team together. Yep. And I, I'm telling you right now, I, there was no reason that your daughter should not have been starting. She killed me every time she got out there on the court, man. I absolutely loved it. And when she and Bryn ended up coming off the bench together, I, they were wearing people out. They thought they were going to get a break when the backups came off the bench. It was ridiculous. Nah, nah, so I yeah, not, there's not, nothing much more fun than watching our girls run around out there and compete. I can tell yeah. you that. That's a, that's yeah, a that's, 
That's been a, that was an absolute blast. So you you were charged, <laughs> you were responsible with uh, one of the major events we have in Columbia. You know, one of the things I've, I've said forever, Trey, wherever I go anywhere, is that Columbia is underrated when it comes to local festivals that we have. I mean, you, you look at the calendar, and there's something really interesting and a lot of fun that's going on in this city. But the one thing that we have that is never underestimated is one of our largest festivals, if, it, if not by far our largest, which is coming up as the St. Patrick's Day Festival that we have in Five Points. And you are in charge of that. Let, let me ask you a question. I, I don't know the history of the St. Patrick's Day Festival, but I do know that it is one of the largest on the eastern seaboard. How, how did this festival get to be as large as it was? Is it because of the college support that's right where it is? Is it because of the neighborhoods and everything that's around it? How, how did it grow to be as large as it is? Um, I, you know, I think it's a combination of a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's 42 years in the making, um, which obviously, you know, having that kind of longevity gives it some time to build. Um, it has changed a little bit over the years. Um, it was free for a long time. Um, as far as size, it is the largest uh, one-day ticketed festival uh, you know, we've got in South Carolina as far as St. Pat's goes, and one of the largest in the, uh, on the whole East Coast. Um, and, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> I think part of it is definitely the college impact. Um, it's, uh, you know, we're right here in the campus, um, again, I think that some of it has to do with just kind of the historical fact that people have come for many years. Yeah, yeah. What you know? The, the, you know they, thing, yeah, I, I think what else is neat about it too. You, you mentioned the college support, and that, that's obviously there. But you know, with, there's there's so many families down there, and you know, and I am obviously not a college kid anymore. And whenever right, I go down right, there right. to listen to some bands, I mean, I feel like I'm more surrounded by people my age. So yeah. it does seem to be a good mixture. Well, the reality is people think it's college-related because of our, you know, it's the same thing about Five Points. You know, people think, well, it's yeah. a college village. Well, it is a college village, but the reality is that most of the effort that is, um, most of the people that interact during the day with Five Points, <clears throat> as well as even, the, you know, St. Pat's being the festival, it's definitely, you know, it's really not college age. I mean, the average age is closer to 27, 28, you know, and um, there's nothing, nothing, uh, there's plenty of 50 and 60 years old. And, you know, my grandmother came to the festival last year. Now, she might be a little biased because she's obviously <laughs> wanted to come see what was going on. But, um, I mean, she's 87. So there's definitely people of all ages and, <laughs> and sizes. Um, you know, one of the keys to booking the bands is the variety. You know, we've got five stages, or well, really six stages. Um, you know, six stages of entertainment, and it's a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of yeah. um you know, everything, because the goal is to, um, you know, it's a community event where we're trying to reach a lot of folks, um, you know, which is almost impossible to do, but we try. Um, yeah, I, I think you do. I think you do a great job with that. I mean, there's always a variety, uh, not just in um, not just in different genres, but in, in new bands and older bands and in national touring bands and in local bands. I think you guys do a great job with that. And there's even, well, I, I saw, was last year the first year? I know Dave Britt and Billy uh two of their friends of the show uh they were doing some djing at the alleyway i know that's coming back this year that that hasn't been too many years yeah, that y'all so been doing that. Years, that's uh, pretty cool i think maybe three years ago we added the electronic alley um we took yeah. away the silent disco um it was just you know trying to make decisions on what you know as you this festival is a big festival right there's a lot of moving parts a lot of pieces you've got a lot of merchants that are involved um, and so there's a lot of different components that over, over the years, you know, some things end up working. You know, back in yeah. the day, they had some bartender races that everybody wants us to bring back, which we've uh, we've yeah. been discussing how we actually do that. Um, but the point is, you know, th there's certain things that come and go and fads that kind of come and go. So 
you know, as the festival grows and, and, and continues to exist, you know, over 40 years, there's certain things that kind of come and go sometimes, and some things work for a while and they don't. Um, we end up taking the silent disco and turning it into a full stage instead of a silent disco and giving yeah. them an alley to actually do the electronic uh, music in. Um, and the other thing that we did this year, which I'm proud of, is is really engaging with the other um, uh, music venues that are in Five Points. So um, New Brooklyn Tavern, um, Jake's, uh, Group Therapy, um, uh, Breakers Live. We've actually programmed music in the uh, those venues throughout the day as part of the festival. So not only will you have stages out in the streets, but there's programming being done in some of the music venues that are, are take place in Five Points. So that, we're trying to partner with them. We're trying to, um, you know, put elevate those guys or put them on a, um, a kind of platform with St. Pat's to give everybody a little love that day, you know. That's a, that's a fantastic idea because, you know, in all the St. Patrick's Days I've been to, the weather is not the same. And so having some different right. uh, places is great, not only to show them off, but also just in case, because only so many yeah. of us can pack into the Village Idiot. And I, That's so right. I, you know, That's I understand right. that. You know, right. be, be, before we move on with that, um, you, you mentioned New Brooklyn Tavern. And there are a lot of people that don't know if you're not in the South Carolina area, New Brooklyn Tavern has been a, a place that was around for a long time over in West Columbia. It's got this great following to it. There have been some incredible acts that have come there. They have had to move because of something that they didn't see coming. I know you and I ran into each other at New Brooklyn. That was the first time I had been in there at the new New Brooklyn. That is a fantastic venue. I, I had no that completely changed New Brooklyn for me. I think their venue, as far as the way the sound is, the way the, the stages, the way the bars are set up, that is one of the premier places I think now in Columbia to get to go see a show and to have them incorporated in St. Patrick's Day. That, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, they. Um, I'm I'm super stoked for them. Obviously, you know, change is hard for everybody, and I know there's a lot of folks that um, are going to miss it being over in West Columbia and kind of being West Columbia's little uh, little special place. Um, but you know, Five Points, you know, again being one of our premier villages and premier places in Columbia proper, um, you know, it needs a great music venue. Um, obviously, yeah. unfortunately, with COVID, took um uh, took our White Mule out, and so now, um, you know, somebody needs to carry that really traditional music venue torch. Um, obviously, Jake's does music, and Group Therapy does music, and Breakers Live obviously does a lot of music. Um, but, but they're more traditionally known as bars, at least in terms of people's um, kind of perception of them. Um, right. New Brooklyn is really a music venue, and they they yeah. kind of stamp that of being a music venue. And um, you know, it's it's their kind of torch, I think, in my opinion, to carry, and and especially because of their ability to get national bands. And um, you know, so I'm excited for them. I, I hope everybody, you know, um, buys into the fact that they've made that transition. And, um, again, I love the fact they've got a, you know, a bar downstairs and bar upstairs and just more flexibility with the space. And, again, I think with the walking traffic and foot traffic of, of, of Five Points and um, and the energy that Five Points brings with, with not only the youth but just the, the, the um, eclectic group of type of individuals that, that shop and work and live and, um, um, you know, visit um, five points, and, you know they're going to love the fact that that New Brooklyn's there. So, and we're we're super stoked they were willing to work with us on uh, St. Pat's because again it gives us some legitimacy with um, you know an indie crowd, a New Brooklyn crowd that not necessarily you know we're going to touch on maybe one of our given country stages, if you will. So they're sure. a pop artist. So um, so again, uh, you know we're trying to do this so that everybody buys into the the overall fact that we're trying to create a great event for everybody in Columbia, no matter what kind of music they necessarily listen to. So yeah, I think I think I think that's right. And you said something I, I, I really want to underscore. I think it's important. Like, I hate the fact that, it, that New Brooklyn had to change. When something's got a great following somewhere, you hate to see, especially if it's something that they didn't want to do. But when right. I went into that, when I was there that night for that show, I couldn't believe it. I, I'll tell you what, if somebody, 
is still feeling down about them having to move, all they got to do is go to this new place because Delicious, they still want right. their support. And it's yeah, yeah I, I'm blown away by it. Um, you uh, you also brought up the White Mule. You know, I remember the old White Mule. My wife loved mm-hmm. that place. That was her favorite place in Columbia. When right. you guys reopened Speakeasy and put it there, I was so so happy about that. And I loved that joint. I hated to see that one yeah, uh, yeah, go the way yeah. that it did. But I'm you know it's it, it, what do you do? Change change just happens, and that you just got to learn to evolve with it. And it just it's one of those things. But I do like yeah. there being such a great premier place like New Brooklyn. Um. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's great. Now, now going on to what we love the most about St. Patrick's Sammy is great food. There's great merchants. There's all kinds of uh, wonderful opportunities to see friends and hang out. The beer vendors are great. I, one of the things I love the way about how you guys set it up is the, the lines for beer are never too long, and there's a, a really good variety. I'm, I'm just curious, how much planning and work does that take? Because I go to other festivals, not knocking them. But I'm, I might spend a lot of time in a beer line, and it's one of the things I just kind of hate because I don't want to get wrapped up in that. And I'm obviously having a beer at St. Patrick's Day. How do you, how do you figure the logistics out for that? Um, well, we are, you know, we work on this thing year round, um, pretty much, um, and it's a constant. You know, it's very much a living organism, the event itself, because you know things come along, or we'll have an idea on a Tuesday, and by Friday we're trying to figure out how to execute it, right? Um, and then we find out things as we visit merchants and, you know, hey, where we're we putting the locations for your bars and maybe where the vendors are going. And, and as this, this event, obviously, we end up taking over the entire footprint of Five Points. Um, we're very aware and try to be very um, cognizant of, like, where we put things because the last thing I want to do, you know, this event was built for the merchants. It was originally started to, to create awareness and bring visibility and excitement to St. Pat or to Columbia, specifically Five Points. Um, during the St. Pat's weekend to pull people from going to the coast or going to Savannah or whatever. And it was all about building, um, you know, uh, this this um, this experience or this excitement about the, the, the merchants. Well, you know, we want to continue to do that and keep the merchants uh, priority number one. So we don't want to put a, you know, if it's a bar, we're not going to put a, a, one of our bars right in front of it because that bar is trying to do their business, right? Or if yeah. it's some other type of business, we're not going to put a bunch of bathrooms right in front because, um, you know, people can't even see their store because they're trying to walk by and they want to go in and they can't because there's bathrooms in the way. So little things like just making sure where we put placement of things um, can be a big deal, not only of how it, the, the event operates, but also how we are looked and projected upon by our even fellow merchants that are in the community. Um, the last thing we want to do is upset the people that we're actually doing the event for, you know. Yeah. So, you know, no good deed goes unpunished sometimes, but, you know, our goal <laughs> is to is, our goal is to um, make have make our um, our merchants have a very successful day. Um, some of them don't necessarily fit the quote unquote um, St. Pat's bar model. Um, so they come up with other creative ways, like our soap lady, um, Tazima. She comes up with um, creative ways to engage her fans and her um, clients and do kind of special events that day. And that she partners with us, and we do a little hospitality area for our special guests um, through her store. Um, things like Blue Tile is going to be working with us on our skate park. Um, obviously, people don't necessarily go into a skate shop. Yeah, they, I uh, saw that. Yeah. Yeah, um, but we partnered with them to bring a skate, um, a mini ramp over um, into the event. So, um, you know, again, we do our best of, of of trying to work with all the partners we can here in Five Points, as well as you know, bringing creative ideas that um, you know, Little Happy is working partnering with us and doing um, merch, uh, t-shirts for us, right? So we're gonna have St. Pat's t-shirts for the first time in in many years. Um, awesome. I'm actually wearing I'm wearing one right now. Um, and, and so my point is, again, we're just trying to engage with our merchants, 
put on a great festival, um, make sure that we do what originally this event was intended to do, which was um, create excitement about um, you know our businesses in Five Points, um, and then have a very lucrative day. So, um, yeah. in terms of keeping the beer lines down, we really just play some. Um, you know, we've been. You know, this event has happened for many years, and we've got great partners in Bev South and KW, um, as well as, you know, some other folks in our liquor department. But the bottom line is we do a, a good job of working with them and, and, and um, putting them in places that, uh, you know, everybody gets love, everybody gets good business, um, and it allows us to um, have a lot of different locations throughout the footprint. And really, it just comes down to numbers. Um, our yeah. bars are, are run by volunteers that then um, can make money for their nonprofit or charity. So we have a great partnership with um, local nonprofits uh, around Columbia and the uh, Midlands um, that come in and help us actually produce St. Pat's in terms of volunteers and help. Um, uh, so again, there's a lot of moving parts, but there's a lot of people that come in and help, um, you know, uh, make an impact on the event when it comes to day of. So. Yeah, I think you, you guys obviously do a great job of that. And that's one of the things that I noticed is that everybody in, well, I, I mean, as far as I can tell, everybody in the St. Patrick's area seems to take part in it some way or another. I remember the guys from Soda City Barbers were just out there serving drinks and giving out koozies one time and just hanging right, out. Right, right, right. That was kind of cool to see, like, everybody just getting involved, even if it wasn't something that their business was going to take in that day. It was, a, it was something that's that right. they were very supportive of. And I really like that. You know, you, the, 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 the food's great. The, the camaraderie is amazing. Everything about the festival, I think, is a, is a really good time. It's the perfect time of year to have it. Uh, the parade is always a ton of fun. There's so much stuff surrounding this. But let's not kid ourselves. The best thing about this is the music. I mean, what, what you guys have done, not only in the number of stages and placing them in a way that there's not a bleed of sound from one band to the next, like no matter how loud they are, you know, it, it's amazing how you guys have balanced all that out. So much so that the acts that you bring in are really impressive. I mean, you, you, sure, you have great local bands and great people from around the area to showcase, and that's always great because there's a there's a good grassroots uh, fan base that follows those people, and they love to see their local people supportive. But, man, the national acts you guys bring in seem to get bigger and bigger each year. This lineup may be one of the strongest you've ever had. Is, is that what you feel about it as well? I mean, you know, I've been doing this 23 years. I'm a big believer that music is an eye of the beholder. Um, I have produced a lot of events that people don't know the artists are, but there were thousands of people there, and I've done lots of events with big names that people, you know, that I lost <laughs> money on. So yeah. at the end of the day, um, what I try to do is I try to create special times, right? I try to create special times for the artists. I want them to show up in Columbia and go, wow, man, that was awesome. What Southern hospitality. We had a great time. Catering food was great. Um, the experience I had with the other artists were there, the promoter, the, the, the runners. Everybody just had a smile on their face and were happy to be there. And everything that we wanted, you know, got taken care of, and it was professional. You know, that's what I want for my artists. You know, for my fans – you know, I want the people to come have fun. And the the sword that I've always, you know, in this office in terms of the Five Points Association, I'm like, listen, I can't guarantee that everybody's going to be like, oh, I love that banner. I don't like that banner, whatever. Right. That's not what I promise. What I promise is there's going to be really, really qualified, quality artists, professionals. They're going to throw a party, and we're going to have a really good bands up there. And they're going to be in the eye of the beholder. And some bands are going to be more popular than others, and some bands you've heard of and some bands you haven't. Um, the reality is... Um, they're all going to be really good, and they're going to all put on a great show. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that. From that standpoint, that's what I believe. Um, yeah. In terms of this lineup versus other ones, I mean, there's certain bands I'm super stoked about. You know, I've tried to get Future Birds for a couple of years; it didn't work out, so they're coming this year. Um, you know, there's some 
uh, war and treaty. I mean, just you know, didn't yeah. think we would get you know there there an act that you know two years ago I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known about or wouldn't have booked them, and then here they are, you know, great songs out with going from a um, gospel R and B band to you know leaning leaning into country and doing huge songs with Zach Bryan, like. You know, um, it's a husband and wife duo, African American uh, uh, couple, like playing, headlining our country stage, right? So yeah. there's just some uniqueness about what I think the festival provides. Um, Lawrence, they're a brother sister duo, um, virtuosos. It like you know he was the the, the the brother was a virtuoso, uh, could play multiple instruments. It like you know as a toddler, um, and you know they're going to be a seven or eight piece band up. They're just rocking out. Um, yeah. You know, bringing the whalers. I mean, you know what? You know, St. Pat's on the afternoon, a beautiful sunny day, and a little reggae music with Bob yeah. Marley. You know, Bob <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, what better way to spend an afternoon? Um, so again, it comes down to what you personally like. Um, but our goal is to have a great rock show, a great country environment, um, a great college environment for college kids. Again, we've got the electronic shows. Um, we've got the indie stuff going on at New Brooklyn and some of the other bars. Um, you know, we try to touch a little bit of everything. And again, you know, we, um, so I am proud of the lineup because I know they're going to do a, you know, the lineup is going to do their job. Um, they're going to put on some great shows. I hope everybody gets there to be able to see them, you know? So, yeah, yeah. That, I, that variety is amazing. And, and grabbing those people are great. And I didn't know that about Virtuoso. I, the name looked familiar. I think I've read something, but I've never heard them. So I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. excited they're, to see about that. They were they've been out on tour with um, the Jonas Brothers. Support for them doing an arena tour um, this past year. So um, they are you know they're just they're amazing musicians and and going to put on an amazing you know kind of a pop rock indie show. And um, if you're into those kinds of things, you're, you're going to love it. Um, Connor Smith, huge huge country song on radio. Zach Top, um, somebody that people have not heard of yet, and he is you know it wouldn't shock me if in five years he's playing arenas. Um, he's got that kind of sound yeah. about him. Um, he yeah. sounds like he's from the 90s. He's got a George Strait, Clint Black kind of vibe. And, um, you know, he, he's he's playing right before Connor Smith, and I think he's going to blow a lot of people away just because, you know, they're not going to expect it. They're not going to know him necessarily, you know, some of the folks. Um, but then again, it's always interesting. I, I've, you know, when I've said that to someone the other day, they're like, oh, my God, Zach Cox. I didn't have no idea he was coming to St. Pat's. I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, I've been listening to him on Spotify for like, you know, a few months, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's great. So, again, you know, these days people are finding out about things a little more less traditional than going, uh, you know, you're not looking at it in an artist, uh, in like a, a rag magazine. You're finding out about it through Spotify or YouTube or, um, you know, one of your, your streaming services. Um, you know, so people, again, random bands people know about, which is, again, it's an amazing thing for our music community to, to be able to kind of get their, get their, their songs and their, 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 uh, their art out there, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's got, you know, I think probably every other year something will happen at St. Patrick's Day where there'll be a band that I didn't know, but when I walked away, I knew I wouldn't forget them. And, and it seems like on Winchester last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> right, what right, a right. great, what a great show. And I mean, yeah. you know, a few years ago, and I'm kind of embarrassed because they did have a bigger name, but I didn't know St. Paul and the Broken Bones. And man, oh, as soon right, as I right, saw right. them, I was like, oh, give me a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, we, we mentioned all these guys, but I, you know, I just spent a week on a boat with a few of these fools back a few weeks ago, and That's Sister right. Hazel Sister Hazel. be there. So yeah, all of us yeah. from the '90s and have been loving their music for a while. You know, it's it's really cool to see that they're going to be here. Sure, let me get let me get you out of here with this. I'm curious about something. You know, every year I go, I, I don't, I've never heard a single person 
say they had a bad St. Patrick's Day or say that this festival wasn't a great one. There's no one in this area that knows this festival that doesn't go to it. Every, everybody does. But I'm curious, when, with what you personally or what your team has to deal with, what's the hardest thing about pulling this thing off and really making it the, the great event that it is? Well, unfortunately, um, no matter how much planning we do and no matter how many great ideas we come up with, March 16th is going to come by and weather will determine how this event goes. Sure. It's just a reality. You know, if it rains, you know, and rains all days or, or there's a thunderstorm or a tornado like there was maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, I was it, saying it, that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it screws up the whole day. And, it, you know, it's, it hurts all of our sponsors. It hurts all of our um, vendors. It hurts all the people that obviously our team that put, you know, a year's worth of work into it. Um, so, then, you know, the, I'd say the hardest thing is really not being able to control kind of some of the following things. You know, um, you can't really control whether or not people buy tickets. You can do marketing. You can book great bands. You can do, you know, so – but at the end of the day, it's out of your control, right? I mean, yeah. you can't force someone to buy a ticket. Um, and then weather, you know. So weather is something that we just can't control. We, you know, I, I'm somebody that I don't follow the weather. Um, it, I don't – there's nothing I can do. Um, I know that my production and sound guys will always make sure their equipment's good, so I don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to rain on a speaker because I know my team will make sure of that. Um, so I'm just not a weather watcher. Um, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be there. I mean, again, I'll make sure I have a rain jacket in my truck, but I'm not someone who's going to be planning, well, what do we do if this happens and what do we do if that happens? I mean, there are certain things we know will be in place, obviously, with you know any kind of situation, but in terms of you know me looking at the weather for three weeks out, that's just not going to be the case. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, as far as you know, I think I think trying to please everybody is the, probably the hardest thing. You know, whether it's like the type of bands. You know, you talked about local bands. I, I get a I get a bad rap sometimes. I won't say a bad rap, but you know, there's always bands that hit me up that are wanting to play, and I I can only do so many quote unquote local bands. And sure. I think the reality from a promoter standpoint, and my my job is being a steward of the Five Points Association's money and, and event is I need to sell tickets. Um, and local bands realize, and because I'm, I've been very transparent with, because I've been doing this too long. I, I'm, I'm a big, I don't need it. No one can tell me that I'm not trying to help local bands because I've been doing it too long, you know. So right. the point is, but my suggestion is, or my input is, it's hard to book a lot of local bands on an event like St. Pat's because how am I going to get a guy um, or a person, a gal, whoever, a family to pay $35 for a ticket for a band that they can see right. free at right. Wild Wings or Taza or whatever local venue in town um, or, or New Brooklyn or any other given venue, you know, Senate, whatever, if they're playing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times a year in our market. Um, the reality is it's hard. So there is a thin line between I, I do want to – I want to use the festival to showcase local talent. That's something I'm always a big, big component of. Um, but at the same time, this particular event is trying to bring people from Charlotte and Charleston yeah. and all these markets. Yeah. And to do that, I need national talent. And sure. so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, again, I know I'm not going to always make everyone happy. So I try to do, again, it's why we brought in the other venues this year is it was another outlet for me to be able to say, Hey, this particular local band, you know, it doesn't make sense to play the headlining spot at five o'clock. But we've got a spot for you at New Brooklyn at 2 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, again, you're still part of the festival and you're still part of our story. Um, right. But as – I mean, at the end of the day, it's economics and supply and demand. And and, and, and at the end of the day, I've got to sell some tickets. So, right. um, so that's kind of where we're at. I, I get what you're saying. Look, you know, my dad was a United Methodist minister. If I learned anything uh, from him through all the years – 
It is that you are never going to please everybody. And if you try to, you end up pleasing no one. No and it's one. Just the way right. it is. And, I, and, I, and I get what you're saying. And Trey, you don't, you don't, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I understand what you're saying. You're waiting on me to start the solo gig. And when I, when I do, you'll be the first one. That's right. I, I That's promise right. you. That's right. Well, I, I, I do wish you luck. And I, I will tell you, I don't know if it's any kind of endorsement but, or anything to make you feel a little bit better. But I will throw out there that that tornado one was actually one of my favorite. You probably lost your butt on money, but it was one of my favorite St. Patrick's Days that I ever went to. It was a story that I still tell to this day. Well, my first trip to St. Pat's, just to say this, get this in there, um, you know, my first trip, I went to Walford, Spartanburg, grew up in Spartanburg, went to Walford. My first trip, because I I was not into music yet in terms of, like, knowing I was going to get into music business, but... Um, Spider Monkey was a big band that we were following. And yeah. They played Magnolias and a bunch of, you know, they were club act in the 90s. And we were big fans of theirs. And we heard they were playing Columbia for St. Pat's. So me and five or six or eight of my buddies from or from Spartanburg drove to um, Columbia for my very first trip to Columbia to watch Saint, uh, to watch Spider Monkey play on the roof of Pavlov's. Um, at oh, St. wow. <laughs> and so wow. that was part of the whole, um, you know, wanting to bring them back and being involved now. And I was like, you know, it'd be a good little story to bring them back as a, one of the nostalgia acts. And um, so anyway, I mean, I am excited about Spider Monkey being here. <laughs> well, Trey, I appreciate you being on. We all of us totally. in appreciate the work that you do. It, it, it yeah, is a great festival. It. It, is, it is obviously one of my all-time favorite festivals that I get to go to, and it really is the kind of the crown jewel of what we do around here. Uh, St. Pat's Columbia Saint Pat's Columbia is where people can go and get tickets, correct? That's correct. Uh, all, all kinds right. of information. All the details will be there, ticketing, um, facts about the event, times for the run, the parade, all that good stuff is there. And where to park, all that kind of stuff. All, all there, the right? parking, yep. You can buy uh, – we've got some new merchandise you can purchase there, some new uh, St. Pat's T-shirts, all uh, available on stpatscolumbia.com. Trey, if I don't see you on the sidelines at some event that our daughters are doing between now uh, and St. Right. Patrick's, I will see you at St. Patrick's Day, my man. Anyway. I am looking forward to it. Thanks for spending time with us today. Yeah, man. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you soon. Wanna go to Alaska and get away from it all? I wanna go to Alaska where the trees grow tall. Cause when I get to Alaska, I buy a pickup truck. And while I'm there in Alaska, I try and press my luck. When I get to Alaska. Again, if you're new to the show, the music that you hear on this show, because you got to watch for what you have rights for and what you don't, uh, the music on this show is all done by Mr. Don Merkel, singer-songwriter out of Charleston, South Carolina. I had the benefit of being one of his henchmen in his band, Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. You can find that album uh, on iTunes and all those places as well. Speaking of streaming music and uh, not paying anybody, but... Uh, Check out Don Merkel whenever you get a chance. I want to thank Trey for coming on the show. It's um again, I apologize for the sound. It's such a, at least this was the last one. Thank God. Um, I, I really appreciate uh, Trey being on. You know, it's so funny. I uh, I feel for Trey because um, when you try to do something for the public, 
it, it, it you're not always it just doesn't always uh, please everyone. And I, I meant what I said. My dad taught me that a long time ago. If you try to please everyone, uh, you won't please please anyone. And that's just the way that it is. You can't. I, I'll, I'll give you a, a, like, I understand where he's coming from when, he, <laughs> when you're trying to promote bands. For those of you that have bands out there, whenever you do, I'll, I'll give you a little inside information that I learned from Hayes Carl's people and the Tehan Street Corner Thieves uh, folks and working with their agents and their managers. If you uh, haven't checked those shows out, they were both on last year. Uh, the interview with Hayes is one of my favorites that I've ever done. Uh, the first thing that any promoter is going to ask you in your band is what is your draw? Okay. You got to bring people to the table, man. And when you've got, uh, when you've got a, a, a gig as big as what Trey's putting on, it, it can't just be, uh, the normal people that you have. Hey, we bring a hundred people to the show. Y you got to have a little bit more behind you. And it's just one of those things you got to, you got to work your way up. I mean, I'm not playing there. <laughs> My band's not playing at St. Patrick's Day. It's just it's just not that way. I bet you, though, let's say that Trey did put my band as New Brooklyn. Let's say I started my own stuff, <clears throat> and Trey put me in New Brooklyn. I'm going to tell you right now, I'll give one more shout-out to New Brooklyn. And I'm playing inside at New Brooklyn during St. Patrick's Day. When all of a sudden my band got huge and Trey's like, hey, man, I need you for the new stage. No, man, no. I'm staying at New Brooklyn. This is my place. This is what I like. I'm such I'm such a creature of habit like that. If you haven't checked out the new New Brooklyn Tavern in Columbia, South Carolina, down in Five Points, you need to go see it. That is a great music venue. The setup in there is awesome. It is unique, but the sound in there and the stage size is what for a guy that plays in a band that has a lot of percussion and pianos in it. We need a big stage. It is amazing what they've done with that place. Check that out. New Brooklyn New Brooklyn Tavern. They've had some great touring acts come through there uh, since their reopening downtown in Five Points. So if you don't make it St. Patrick's Day, be sure to check them out. I feel for Trey with that, though, because uh, I will tell you personally on this show I've had that. You know, this is, again, a show for positive and interesting stories. I cannot tell you, and I've already been asked, uh, by people that want to do uh, political shows, that want to have politicians on the show, because we, we have decent reach on this show, <laughs> given our, our our sound has sucked over the past couple months. Uh, we, we've got good reach, and people want that access. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't. And I'm seen by some of my friends as being pretty, pretty nice guy. Don't ask Don Merkel, but anybody else, ask him. John's a really nice guy. Man, to those people I've said, no, this is not the kind of show for that. Man, they think I'm just the devil. <laughs> it's like when, when you tell someone, no, man, they hate you. My dad, I watched my dad deal with that too as a minister of a church. If ministers said yes to everyone who ever asked them for anything, they'd have no time for anything. It's just, it's just that way, man. It, so I, I feel for Trey. I love what he said. Um, though there's something that he really that, that really kind of stuck with me when he talked about the the merchants. And so you got to understand that, yes, five points, if you ask anybody what is five points, they'll say, oh, that's where the college bars are. And they're they're decently correct on that. I mean, I think there's a lot on Main Street and the Vista, but historically, that's been where the, the bar scene was in Columbia for the longest time. <clears throat> but there's a 
There's a, there's a Trips Cleaners there. There's a Food Lion there. There's a Chick-fil-A down there. There's Saluda's, which is one of the premier restaurants in Columbia that has a really cool place to overlook all the madness at St. Patrick's Day. Uh, there's there's the gourmet shop, which is not necessarily a bar. It's got a restaurant, but it's got a it's a it's a cooking store. Uh, there's a a place that's a um like a huge um Silicon Valley type business that's down there that I still don't quite understand, but it, it's pretty cool. There's a there's a lot of different businesses in that area: clothing stores, barber shops. Don't forget Soda City Barbers. Even a CVS. So there's there's a lot there. It's not just that. So you have all these different merchants, too. And, and one of the things that they can do is during St. Patrick's Day, you could do one of two things. You can close up shop and not go. Or you can find a way to get involved. He brought up Tazima, who owns a, a soap shop down there. And I cannot remember the name of it to save my life. My wife even helped her get her business started. <laughs> I cannot think of the name of the store. It's right by the gourmet shop, if you find it. It's on that side. And she goes out and gets involved. She's got stuff that she goes and 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 is in you know taking part in St. Patrick's and has her business out there. Now, people aren't down there in St. Patrick's Day looking for soap, but her involvement does two things. Number one, it's great marketing. Hey, look at these soaps. Wow, I never think about soaps. I wasn't thinking about soaps today. And then a few months down the road, hey, I've got that that bridal shower to go to. What should I get? Oh, I know what I can do. There's that cool soap shop down there. Which, and it, it is a beautiful store, by the way. If you're down there, ch- check that out. Again, sorry, I don't know the name of it. But the other thing that it does is it shows her support for something that the community loves. Hey, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Five Points needs people coming through it. We need foot traffic. Thanks for coming to the crown jewel of what goes on down here every year. We appreciate it. And there's other festivals that happen, so maybe next time you go down there, you want to go by the shop. The boys from the Soda City Barbers are out there serving drinks and handing out koozies. They they don't do that during, during their uh, while they're cutting your hair. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. They're out there being involved, saying hello to everybody and, and, and getting involved with, with, with what's going on. And you get to know them on a different level, on a personal level. So now when you go to buy stuff, it's not just you're buying from somebody. You're buying from someone you have at least some kind of uh, history with. And so maybe you take their word for it a little bit more when they they make recommendations. It's a, it's a wonderful thing not only for the people that are taking part in St. Patrick's Day that they're immersed in all these different things. Great music, great food, easy to get to beer, which I that is I it is I cannot stress that enough. It is the easiest festival to get a drink at and it should be the hardest. That's a that's a heads up to you other folks that do festivals in Colombia. Go ask Trey what he does. It's just perfect the way they set it up. I know that he's got bars that are open too, but still, it, it's, it should be the hardest. Anyway. But not only are you, are you immersed in all that, but you, you get to see other parts of the community that maybe you didn't know about. And maybe you didn't go down to Five Points because it's the quote-unquote college bar scene, and you don't, you don't realize how uncrowded it is, or or what all else is there. 
And to be honest with you, since college kids don't seem to go out drinking the way those of us used to, it's not as crowded as you think. If I can throw a shout out there, one more place, Jack Brown's Burgers. That place opened last year. We walked by it during St. Patrick's Day. My wife said, I want to go try that place out. We went back uh, a few months later because it, it wasn't as crowded and, and St. Pat- I mean, Five Points isn't nearly as crowded as you think it is when it's not St. Patrick's Day. Best burger in town. Hands down. Hands down. Jack Brown's Burgers. Best burger in town. It's amazing. I say all that to go back to the story I was telling you originally about those kids. The families that didn't participate. The families that didn't get involved whenever we were just having get-togethers. And I don't know their reason. I don't know if it was financial. I don't know if they were... You know, in today's day and age, being in the post-COVID era, uh, there are people that are scared to go around other people. That's fine. You want to live your life that way. God bless you. Um, but this was in the 1980s where we were drinking out of, you know, water hoses and, and we were drinking out of the, the rivers that ran through our neighborhood. I, You know, it's, it's not... We weren't that concerned, but they still wouldn't come out and they still weren't there. And then during the week when you'd see them, there'd be kind of a scornful look on their face and they didn't associate with other people. And they they had friends over, but they're friends from out of the community. And I, I just didn't get that. Of the five that I can remember, I have found three of them on social media. And it's amazing because you want to know what, they turn into and you know kids that that are like that what what happens and and, and where do you go and and how do you develop and, and 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 what what kind of path are you on and it's crazy that i can tell you without a shadow of a doubt um that when i found three of them and looked them up and saw their families and their jobs and what they post online and and all the the pretty pictures and the trips that they take and the things that they believe in that that uh, without a doubt, all, all three of them are just freaking weirdos. Uh, d- weird. They're nuts. They're like the extreme. And I don't mean one side of the political aisle. They're just weirdos, man. They're all over the place. It's it's crazy what I see on their social media. The, they, are, they are three of the strangest people I see on all of my social media. And that didn't surprise me one bit. Let me make this short and sweet. There's no reason to be exclusive. The The more inclusive you are in your life, the better your life is going to be, the better you're going to turn out, the better example you're setting for your kids. The more exclusive you are, the stranger, the more tunnel visioned you're going to get. I was listening to the interview uh, not long ago where Dr. Phil really broke down what happened when we closed kids off from school. And there were some points in there that that I didn't think about. And, and I, I bring that up just to make the point that, uh, I, you know, I knew some of the stuff that my kids were dealing with. But looking back on trends and what we've seen happen with kids, it was it was amazing uh, what I didn't know. We, we really hurt ourselves when we block ourselves off from other people. And I don't mean just in pandemic times when we have to do it for health or safety reasons. We do it in our lives anyway because we choose to. And I'm going to tell you where we do. We have gotten to the point now in this world, but especially in this country, 
where if you don't 100% agree with somebody in their group, you usually get shunned out of it. And if you belong to one said group, you can't associate with another one anymore. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that mentality. I'm tired of the fact that we can't sit and hang out in someone's garage just because we believe something different on a political spectrum. I'm tired of hearing that we can't sit around a restaurant hanging out with people just because we come from different religious backgrounds. We talk all the time about racism, and that's nothing. Compared to how we segregate ourselves, whether we are pro or against abortion, whether we are pro or against gun control. I'm tired of how we have done that. I'm not saying we don't need to come to a consensus on things as a society. We absolutely do. But when it's time for us to sit back and be humans, we forgot that one of the things about being humans is being an individual. And being that individual means it exists in the same space as other individuals because like it or not, we are and have always been and will always be tribal people which means we like to commune with each other. And when it comes to our neighborhood and our our living areas and everything that's within our reach, why in the hell can't we sit and hang out together anymore? Here's the answer to it. We can, we just don't. And we don't because we're jerks. That's it, man. We are childish and we act like jerks. God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to quit being exclusive. I understand there are groups out there that are exclusive. You can't do anything about them. There are churches. There are uh, restaurants. There are clubs. There are civic organizations. They're exclusive. There's really not much you can do about that. I get that. What I'm talking about is you being exclusive and keeping yourself from joining something else. Because someone's there that you disagree with. Or quit letting people exclude you because you're worried, man, they're not going to like me there because I'm, I'm a little bit different than them. Don't live your life like that. Yes, yes. For a guy with a big mouth that makes himself comfortable everywhere, it sounds easier said than done. Because it is. Because it is hard. Because it is hard. That's what I meant to say. It's hard. It is hard. It's not easy. But it's something that we have to do. And it's something that we can do. And the opportunities are easy to find. You can. I'll tell you one of them. March 16th, St. Patrick's Day. Man, let's let's get together. Let's 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 quit acting like we're still in a pandemic of the mind, man. Let's get together. Let's get back out there. Let's go to the festivals. Let's go to the group meetings. Let's go to the neighborhood parties. Let if you don't have them in your area, start one. We talk all the time about living in a divided nation in a divided world. Fix it. I'm not asking you to heal the world. I'm just asking you to make a difference for whatever's in your reach. So I'll tell you where I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it March 16th. I'm going to be in front of the stages. I'll certainly be in front of Sister Hazel's. I'll be around there hanging out. 
I don't care what your creed, race, belief, love, hate for different ideas is, man, I'm going to be there with you. And I'm going to hang out. I'm going to listen to Fat Ra- Master Splinter. I need to have him on the show. I'm going to listen to Billy down there in the electronic alley. I'm going to listen to what Dave Britt's doing. I'm going to check out the Whalers. And if you see me, come over and have a beer with me and hang out. I don't care what your beliefs are. That's great that you believe that way, but we're hanging out and we're being humans today. Let's not forget that we're humans. We're individuals and we're allowed to have our differences and we should, and we should have a place where we can sit around and discuss them. We shouldn't shut each other out, but what makes that possible is being able to exist and remembering that one of the best things about being a human being is being around others. Don't forget that. Find a place. And if you need help figuring out how to do it, come find me. I'll be in five points on March 16th. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.